turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Doctor of philosophy and teacher of Christian thought, Richard Lamborn with you. Clarifying, understanding, and strengthening convictions while standing behind the CTRL Kingdom of God microphone in the Salem Media Group radio station here in Tampa. Evangelicals are calling on believers to special prayer for Jerusalem. Folks, the Jews are moving forward with their plans to rebuild the temple. They will have to tear down the Dome of the Rock to do it. The Eternal is driving the world towards a judgment showdown. The Eternal is returning as resurrected Son of Man. He will come in the clouds of heaven in great power and might. He will set his foot on the Mount of Olives, and the sin-sick fallen reality as we know it is over. The United States of America can go into financial default on June the 1st, And the kingdom of God could not care less. We will be right back. Dr. Lamborn invites you to the CTRL Summer 2023 study series entitled The Johannine Christian Literature. This will be a study in the biblical books of the Gospel of John, the three letters of John, and Revelation. The Johannine Christian literature starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things came to be. Apart from Him nothing became that has become. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the middle it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. The Johannine Christian literature ends with this. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This CTRL live presentation will be held on June 25th, July 23rd, and August 27th. It'll take place at the Tampa Bay Center for Christian Thought, located in Legacy Church in St. Petersburg. The time will be from 4 to 7 p.m., with a dinner break from 515 to 545. For further information, call Richard at 727-599-1013 or email him at ctrl at tampabay.rr.com. The Sovereign Eternal, a loving person of knowledge, power, and will, created mankind so as to love mankind and be loved by mankind. He put man in the Garden of Eden with the means of loving him in return by avoiding the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
in the midst of the garden. Free man, however, chose to rebel against God by eating of the forbidden fruit. As a consequence, sin entered the world, and the curse of sin with it. God's greatest act of love was set in motion as the Eternal entered human existence as Jesus of Nazareth to die for the sins of rebellious mankind. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but will have eternal life. After Jesus of Nazareth announced his Messiahship to the world through the woman at the well in Samaria, he traveled north into Galilee to begin his earthly ministry in earnest, with his crucifixion at the hands of sinners as his ultimate goal. In Galilee, Jesus announced the presence of the kingdom of God and its imperative personal response of repentance. In Galilee, Jesus entered his hometown synagogue on the Sabbath and announced his Messiahship. In Galilee, Jesus taught in parables, stories in the form of metaphorical analogy told to teach a truth. In Jesus' case, a theological truth concerning the kingdom of God. In Galilee, Jesus called disciples. In Galilee, Jesus associated with tax collectors and sinners. In Galilee, Jesus healed people. In Galilee, Jesus fed people. In Galilee, Jesus taught people on the mount. We find an example of this in what is commonly known as Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18. Matthew writes, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, 
for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. This, then, is how you are to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. See. T-R-L Are you unholy? Is your human nature apparently sinful? How does one become right with God? The Bible says that there is nothing you can do to be made right with God. Salvation unto eternal life is not a matter of what you can do for God. It is a matter of what God has done for you. The Bible says, For it is by grace that you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Talk to God and say, O God, I am a sinner. But you sent Jesus to die for my sins and pay for my transgressions. I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior right now. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. After you talk to God, I want to hear from you. Email me at ctrl at tampabay.rr.com or call me at 727-599-1013. I want to help you in the beginning stages of your faith journey in Christ. I have been on mine for 56 years.
August the 12th is going to be really, really big at the Tampa Bay Center for Christian Thought and CTRL. At 8 a.m., the day starts off with the CTRL Pastor's Prayer Breakfast. If you are a pastor within driving distance of Legacy Church in St. Petersburg, I invite you to come. At noon will be the CTRL Live Luncheon Worship Service Extravaganza. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, will be Christian Faith Day at the Trop as the Rays take on the Cleveland Guardians. Transportation vehicles will begin filling at Legacy Church around 2 that afternoon for those who want to park at the church. The cost of the game is $35 per person. If you will be paying by check, make it out to Christian Thought or CTRL. If you pay online, just go to our website, clarifyandstrengthen.com, and go to the donate page. We will be sitting on the lower level. A raise hat is part of the deal, along with a post-game testimony given by believing raise players. Let me know of your interest in attending any or all three of these really, really big CTRL events. Call me at 727-599-1013 or email me at ctrl at tampabay.rr.com. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. First, he teaches us to properly address the one we are praying to. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Word of God says that God's person, his name, is holy. We get a picture of this in Isaiah chapter 6, 
where Isaiah describes his encounter with God as holy. Isaiah writes, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe unto me, I cried, I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The holiness of God is the otherness of God. The holiness of God is the absolute moral perfection of God. God is true and correct by definition. God is not man, and man is not God. In his encounter with God, Isaiah realizes that he is unholy. As man walks toward God, man realizes their moral inadequacies. As man walks away from God, man realizes his moral adequacy and pronounces himself good. The second thing Jesus teaches his disciples to say in prayer is to submit themselves to God's sovereignty, quote, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Unquote. Jesus announced the kingdom of God's arrival in his Galilean ministry. He says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God and the will of God for it is seen in Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Paul writes, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth 
or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The will of God was to create. The will of God was to redeem creation. It is this redemption of creation that believers are to pray for. The third thing Jesus teaches us to say in prayer is to ask God for our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. The idea of God providing daily bread hearkened back to the Exodus experience of the Hebrew slaves in the Sinai Desert. Every day, God gave them manna to eat. Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through 18 say, That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. In his Gospel, chapter 6, verse 35, John quotes Jesus claiming to be this bread in his day. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For the believer in God through Jesus Christ, as they journey this life's wilderness toward the resurrected Son of Man, the manna and quail appear. The water flows. The fourth thing Jesus instructs his people to pray for concerns debts. He says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. The forgiveness of a debt is an act of mercy. Sin is an act against someone that incurs a debt owed by the sinner. Sin is an act against God that incurs a debt owed by the sinner to God. The Bible says that Jesus paid our debt owed to God for us. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross.
Well, everybody, once again, we're out of time for today. I hope your understanding has been clarified and your convictions have been strengthened. Mr. Schraub and I are debating whether August the 12th is going to be a really, really big day or a really, really, really big day. Mr. Straub, how many reallys do we need in there, sir? Four? He says four, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, August the 12th is going to be really big. Bye-bye, everybody, and favor unto all. Like a lightning.